Welcome back to Points and Doinks. 2021 season going into week three in the NFL. Uh, unfortunately, we are a Tylerless Tyler episode today. Not tiredless, not tireless, Tylerless, which is unfortunate because he had a bad lo- uh, loss this week in fantasy against yours truly here. Um, but Cheese is here. Cheese, let's hear from you. How did your fantasy week go? Uh, it did not go that well. You know, we have a little group chat over with uh, Tyler and Dominic. And uh, we were, me and Tyler both were, were, you know, wallowing away in our fantasy woes after being the second highest scoring team last week. I was the second lowest scoring team this week. So I'm a true one and one team this, this year right now. That is, um, that is unfortunate. I went two and oh this week. So from when I said last week, you know, you're going to listen to me. Although I went 0-2 the first week and Cheese and Ty were ragging on me for poor decisions. It came back this week and circled around. Nobody circles the wagons like my fantasy football team. That's what I'll say right there. Aaron Jones on Monday night was electric. I mean, I won that, I won that league and I still had like Henry Rugg sitting on the bench who went the fuck off. Yeah, we made fun of Travis during the draft, saying, oh, why are you taking the entire Green Bay offense? And after week one, which I will say probably is an aberration, you know, they, it, it paid off in week two by a plentiful, especially in our league where we play together, where if you like just breathe into the end zone, you get like 20 points. <laughs> Very high score. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, uh, I, I try not usually to take that many players on one team. But when literally that's best available in the slots where I'm looking to pick up guys, uh, regardless in those positions, I what else am I supposed to do? I mean, that's just best available. And then I can just then you just have to hope and pray that during the um, bye weeks that I get some luck from somewhere else. Um, let's see. We have J Row on again for Commissioner's Corner. He's not on with us right now. He will be inserted in post. Thank you, Cheese, for doing that in post. Um, do we have anything? Oh, injury report. Let's do injury report right now. Yes, we got uh, quite a few injuries to go over. So uh, once again, pretty much the entire San Francisco 49er backfield has been hurt. My boy Trey Sermon gets one carry. Then he gets knocked out with a concussion. Uh, we get uh, CJ Michael Hastings dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's also dealing with injury. Looks like Mitchell will be playing, but uh, once again, the 49ers uh, dealing with a lot of injuries, especially at that running back position. Uh, Jarvis Landry put on the IR with a knee injury. Tua Tonga-Vailoa questionable with ribs. Carson Wentz also questionable with both of his ankles, but technically one of them hurts more than the other. Andy Dalton questionable with the knee. Tyrod Taylor placed on the IR with the hamstring. Uh, Big Ben with the peck. Danny Amendola hamstring. Uh, Jameson Crowder with the groin. Traquan Smith hamstring on the IR. John Ross on the IR with the hamstring. And Daryl Henderson Jr. questionable with ribs as well as uh, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. He is also questionable. So a, a lot of a lot of questionables. There are some big injuries, but you know a lot of nicky knack ones that you just got to keep an eye on. And you know you got one of those guys. Who was the the second to last guy with the ribs? I didn't catch his name. Uh, we got Daryl Henderson with the ribs. 
Okay, that was Daryl Henderson. That was the, that one blanked out. I, I'm sure it's everything's fine on your side. You're a little you're a little choppy for me. I probably because I'm trying to update my fucking laptop right now for some stupid reason. <laughs> yeah, it, and it <laughs> also goes for me. You are also choppy, so I don't know what it's going to sound like when you guys listen to this on the podcast. So there is a slight chance Travis will just leave, and I'm going to have to take over the rest of the podcast. This is this is a complete complete error on my part but once i realized that it uh, it was uh points and doings day and that i shouldn't have started this uh it was already too late i didn't want to restart so we're gonna fucking power through hopefully it works out hopefully it sounds decent enough let's get into the weekly breakdown though we'll start off uh for thursday night football we got the carolina panthers off of a big win uh, against the New Orleans Saints, going to Houston to play the Texans, who we just found out are now without Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I was really high on Tyrod Taylor. I think he, he was playing fantastic in the uh, Cleveland Browns game this week. Uh, then over, uh, well, I mean, on the Texans end, Mark Ingram, I think he's a, a solid pickup. I don't know what his percentage is when it comes to like on the waiver wire, but if you're kind of looking for like a low-end RB2, He's getting a bulk of the touches. There's still David Johnson and Philip Lindsay over there, but uh, uh, over on to Carolina, the Panthers defense, they are uh, the only defense that has scored 10 points in both weeks thus far, able to lock down Jameis Winston and the Saints last week. So if you're looking to be a streamer, you know, kind of bouncing back with all the different defenses, I think uh, going up against a rookie quarterback on Thursday, short week, the Carolina defense is definitely something to uh, look at and stream this week. Yeah. Um, J Rowe had mentioned when I recorded this segment with him about uh, Carolina's defense being good and Sam Darnold being a awesome, uh, probably a must start this week. I think we should downgrade everything with Houston. I don't think the success that they've been having was going to uphold throughout the season. I was kind of waiting for the downturn and without Tyrod Taylor there. Um, it should be a rough go of it, uh, even though they're at home against Carolina. And then the next game will start off Sunday morning. We have the Indianapolis Colts going to Tennessee to play the Titans. Both uh, are Titans 1-1, one one, Colts 0-2. Oh so Colts hungry dog, but we don't know what's up with Carson Wentz. So that's a huge issue. Cheese, what do you see out of this game? Yeah, the Carson Wentz injury definitely you know, puts a big question mark on this team. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., he's sort of emerged after kind of like a down week in week one. He was able to have a, a solid bounce back week in week two. So he's, you know, with right now with Paris Campbell out, he's kind of emerged as a number one guy for the time being and with T.Y. Hilton on the sideline as well. So uh, I like Michael Pittman as kind of like a waiver wire. Or, he's not exactly like a waiver wire because I think he's uh, fairly picked up in a lot of leagues but just you know maybe something to go check out to see if he's just still kind of lingering around there uh derrick henry after a slow week one he came back had a derrick henry week in week two i was down on julio jones but he did show this week that he is still not exactly julio jones of atlanta but he still can have those productive weeks and that was definitely a touchdown he just got, you know, awful, awful referee and pretty much the entire week. But uh, Julio gets that touchdown. His you know, day looks so much better. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree with all points made on that one. I'll just move right on to the next game here. We got the uh, New York, New York Giants hosting the Atlanta Falcons. 
Um, Daniel Jones. Well, the Falcons are one of the worst teams defensively in the league. And so I think this is a great week to have your guys like Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley starting. J-Row mentioned Sa- Saquon Barkley um, against this bad Atlanta team. Cheese, what else do you see? Um, someone that we've kind of talked about kind of like all like all the time. He hasn't exactly been able to break out. But I think this year, after the Thursday night game of Sterling Shepard, we have Kenny Galladay, you know, the big time uh, pickup for them. But I think Sterling Shepard has emerged as maybe not the number one starter, but or like the number one guy there. But he's getting like all the targets and he's, you know, putting up the points. And I think Sterling Shepard, I'd rather have him over Kenny Galladay at the moment. Then going over to Atlanta, we saw against a tough defense in Buccaneers, both Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson had a, a solid game. Uh, Cordell gets in the end zone twice. Mike Davis had you know enough touches to you know be a solid RB two is what you drafted him as. But uh, Cordell Patterson, I you know shouted him out last week against this uh, you know little. It's it, the team isn't great on defense on run defense. The Giants that is. So if you're like trying to you know make a dart throw if you have Daryl Henderson and he's out and there's like all these different, you're dealing with injuries. Cordell Patterson, I think is a guy to maybe pick up if you're desperate. Yeah. Cordell Patterson is such a weird thing right now. I mean, I was going to mention that probably upgraded to a flex play. um, Very, very low floor flex play because they just seem to be using him, but at any point that could end, especially with the Atlanta's offense. Next game, we have a interdivision game. We have the Los Angeles Chargers taking on Kansas City in Kansas City. Cheese, why don't you uh, take this one away? So the, the playbook, quote-unquote, might be out on both these teams, and it seems like if you want to beat them, you want to run the ball. And CEH, as Travis said multiple times, you know, we're trying to make this a thing, but yet CEH has not been able to really get it going, whether, you know, accumulating touches or being able to get in the end zone. Travis, after the Ezekiel Elliott performance and Tony Pollard performance for that matter, you know, we'll get to them in a little bit. What do do you think this could be a quote unquote, you know, breakout game for CEH as maybe the Chiefs try to maybe establish the run a little bit more? Um, I think they will try. I don't exactly know how that's going to see. The problem is with the statement is like the book is out and that they need to run the game ball And on paper. They both have really good, um, running games with Austin Eckler, CH having some trouble, not being the guy we thought he was going to be, but man, I, I, I see him trying it, but then. I think Kansas City will be the one first to try and take off and get a big lead on them. And then at that point, it's just going to be catch up, you know? I I think the Chargers will have to end up just trying to catch up and that game plan will be thrown out the window. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, we thought Chargers and Cowboys were going to light it up and then out of nowhere, it was just, you know, kind of a, a a ground game, whatever it was, 20 to 17 battle, so... Could be the same here, or it could be a shootout like we saw last year with these two teams. Yeah, I mean, regardless, I still like uh, most of the starters that you would normally start from this team. And just a heads up, I I could not even hear cheese, so I said, fuck it. I've wasted three hours on the update. I'll just relieve the computer running all night. I've canceled it, so this should get a lot better. 
Okay. I appreciate it, Travis. But uh, I believe Mike Williams, uh, wide receiver two over there at us in uh, not San Diego in Los Angeles, big, big back-to-back weeks. Is he for real? Are you, is he a lock it in set it, forget it type of guy for you now? Ah, man, I I think, well, I, yeah, for the most part, yes. I feel like not as like wide receiver one, but you know, he's in your lineup, whether he's wide receiver two or a flex option because of the ceiling. Um, unless you have somebody on the bench with a higher ceiling, odds are he's not coming off. And I will say, Travis, you sound a billion times better. So, yeah, this is completely my fault. I'm sorry, everybody <laughs> who tried to listen. Maybe maybe I'll put a disclaimer. Maybe Cheese put a disclaimer at the beginning, like, just hold through it. Hold through it. <laughs> Travis makes a... a uh, a decision that fucking fixes the audio on this thing. I, 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 I'm such an idiot. I don't know why I thought it would work. It's um, okay. It's okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate the love. Um, next game, we are – okay, let's go. Another interdivision game. We have the Cincinnati Bengals going to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Um, no T.J. Watt. Is that what we're hearing right now, right? I – believe so i mean he hurt his groin it seems pretty legit i think he is questionable officially but i haven't heard anything in terms of like a timetable that he's out yet for sunday yeah. pulled dick man that's rough well i mean that's 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 a injury too that it's like it it could be any type of severeness you just never know just one it just starts feeling better when it starts feeling better TJ Watt, I mean, he's on defense, and we don't normally talk about that, but I think the importance of him being there is huge to Pittsburgh's defense. And I think even though Cincinnati's offense, like Jamar Chase and um, and Joe Mixon, I, I think are, are for sure starters regardless, if TJ Watt there, you kind of downgrade the whole offense a little bit. But do you think that's still – even with him gone, the same opinion or right opinion. Um, I mean, with TJ Watt, the the Steelers are a phenomenal defense. I have him winning defensive player of the year if he stays healthy. And at week two, you don't really want to just rush him into it and be like, okay, just power through it because then that leads to a multitude of other injuries. But um, when it comes to the how this affects the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, as you said, I think Joe Mixon, you kind of have to start him, even though he did have a, a Joe Mixon performance last week. So maybe that's another reason why Tyler's not on this podcast, because he's only going to show up when Joe Mixon and Jameis Winston play well. Tyler will be on the podcast. So cross your fingers. They do well in week three. But he um, lost to me. Joe Mixon sucked. Jameis Winston sucked. No, Tyler. There you go. God Correlation there. But, sus. Uh, that's fucking sus. Yeah. So I think Bengals wise, you're going to for the receivers. uh I think they're still a viable starters when it comes. I mean, the Raiders, I'm not the highest on the Raiders receivers, but you know, they played well against the corners and you know, the, the defensive backs of the Steelers. So I wouldn't be like too worried about Cincinnati going up against this quote unquote tough Steelers defense. But um, you know, if you have other options, explore them, you know, check rankings, check what other people are saying, but I wouldn't be too scared. I mean, T Higgins and Jamar chase. I, I really like both of those guys. Uh, Tyler Boyd, maybe like a slight downgrade, but he, it could be, they, you know, they cover the other two. So maybe Tyler Boyd breaks out a little bit, but uh, on the other side, Deontay Johnson, meaningless game, meaningless play last play of the game down by two scores. He gets hurt. He's another question mark. 
does that affect your rankings in terms of the wide receivers? Does that upgrade uh, Chase and Juju? Is there one you prefer over the other? Yes. I I say it upgrades Chase um, more. I think Juju will get the same amount that he's been getting, but I think this upgrades Chase Claypool a little bit. I still don't think he's bumped up to, you know, wide receiver one or two, definitely not one, but not two in your, on your fantasy team, but flex option bumps up his ceiling a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I got, I got to agree with that. I think chase is kind of the more, uh, maybe not like super reliable, but I think he has a a higher floor than uh, what Juju is going to give you. I also think that like, Oh, not Najee Harris had a great, I don't know how he did fantasy wise, but watching the game, he had a good week. Do you know off the top of your head how he did fantasy wise? Uh, let's see. Najee Harris. It says he only had 38 rushing yards. So, but he, I think he, he did get in the end zone. So that kind of saved your night. But um, yeah, I mean, a, more of a, I think it's kind of what you said. He looked better, but once again, he's there all the time. He's the top guy there. He's, you know, kind of like CEH. Even if he's not performing, he's going to get touches. He's going to have opportunities. Yeah, and because I, he is the RB1. Yeah. So even though it might not be hitting right now, just kind of stick with it unless it's, you know, week nine and we're still singing the same songs, then definitely, you know, start to worry. For sure. For sure. All right. Next game. Uh, Chicago Bears go to Cleveland facing off against the Browns. Why don't you start off? Uh, tell me what you think. So we got a little taste of Justin Fields. Came in, looked like a rookie, not exactly, you know, lighting the world on fire, but, you know, coming in, uh, you know, in between, you know, during the game, the defense, you know, played phenomenal last week against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So you didn't really like to do too, too much. It is looking like Andy Dalton will be the starter, but I, you know, I still have belief that Justin Fields will eventually be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And, if you have the roster flexibility and you have one of those kind of back end quarterbacks, if you have, I mean, I would say Ryan, Ta- Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, you know, someone like that who maybe you don't trust them throughout the entire season and Justin Fields can step in. I still think Fields is worth a roster spot. What do you, what do you think? I completely agree. I think it's insane that uh, they're even after what he's shown, he's still going to be uh, sitting behind um, Andy Dalton next week if he's healthy to play it's and you know i get it whatever they said to Andy dalton when he came over but like best man wins the spot unfortunately it it's it's insane i do want to make a note here in general though since we're talking about fields and stuff like that one of the things that i've noticed is that if these rookie quarterbacks do start the other the opposing defense is a high option to start uh, because of the turnover rate. It's been an insane turnover rate on interception fumble from, from rookie quarterbacks. So that's something to look forward to if you're streaming defenses or anything like that. Um, yeah. A lot of interceptions, especially from like Zach Wilson, but Justin Fields threw a couple bad ones. I mean, even Joe Burrow, not a rookie, he still threw a couple bad ones. Like these younger guys are making poor decisions more frequently. I will say the Joe Burrow game was more of an outlier. He was on some sort of streak where he didn't throw an interception for so many passes. Then he goes out and throws three. So I would say for Joe Burrow, that seems more of like an outlier, but I do agree with you. Like Zach Wilson, if you know, they're playing the jets, if they're playing Trevor Lawrence, look to stream those types of defenses, Mac Jones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, new England, whoever they're playing, 
they're probably going to get a couple turnovers on Mac Jones. Yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow was a bad excuse. It was just came into my fucking head. So, um, anything else here? Jarvis oh, Landry. Brown, on I the- mean, the Browns, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, what do you think that does for the receiving core? Um, Odell Beckham going to be back this week? Haven't heard anything quite yet on if he's going to return. I would probably lean towards no. But uh, I would say if Jarvis Landry is of oh, Jarvis Landry's on the IRS, he's going to be out. Also, uh, Baker Mayfield seemed it looked like he like popped his left shoulder out of socket. He went out, came back in, and there seems like it's sore, but he should be able to play. But uh, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb going up against the Bears, um, you know I'm not exactly scared of this defense. Yeah, they they showed up against the Bengals. But maybe this could be a game where they try to take it a little easier on Baker Mayfield, you know, pound the rock with Chubb, you know, do the same with Kareem Hunt, some short passes and stuff like that. So I think both running backs, you're starting both running backs regardless, but I I like both of them going in this game. Most definitely, most definitely. Uh, The Ravens go to Detroit to play the 0-2 Lions. Uh, This is off a big week from Lamar Jackson after a poor showing against Monday Night Football Raiders. Um, Lamar Jackson against the Lions, I think, I think he is, you know, probably one of the only guys you want to start over there. I'm not sure. What do you think about Hollywood Brown coming into this matchup? Uh, Hollywood, he's been very good these last two weeks. And after last year, he kind of burnt me. I was, it was down in him. I was almost kind of ready just to be done and to like, you know, find someone else, but he has surprisingly been good. I mean, he's been better. I would say he's been like the number one receiver over there compared to Mark Andrews. Now, Mark Andrews is still a solid option, but if we're going to stick with the tight ends, TJ Hawkinson over there, Detroit, he has been just phenomenal. And we'll talk about Kittle. You know, I think as of right now, Hawkinson bumps Kittle for that number three spot. He's just been so great. He's the number one guy over there in Detroit. And, you know, they might be. Are you you saying that Waller's number two? Is that why you got Kittle at number three? Yeah, it goes Kelsey Kittle or, you know, Kelsey Waller. Gronk, you know, who would have, you know, Gronk just seemingly just hanging around. But I mean, Kittle has been kind of quiet these last few weeks. We'll talk about uh, that in the, in the preview for the uh, Sunday night game, but uh, Hawkinson, I really love him. And honestly, like the Deandre Swift and Jamal Williams. Yeah. I know Williams kind of a little, a slower game than what he has, but he's still getting opportunities. Uh, Swift, you know, kind of saved your, your night. If you were kind of, you know, hoping for a Monday miracle with some garbage time, but uh, Lions are a bad team. But I think they get kind of a bad rep because they looked like pretty good the, those first, you know, the first half of the game and a little bit of the third quarter. They just kind of fell apart. So I think offensively, the Lions are still a productive fantasy team. Yeah, very, very productive fantasy team, especially the, like garbage time shit that's occurring and whatnot. And Hawkinson and Jared Goff is great. I mean, I sh- like that should have been a thing that someone doing a fantasy football show smarter than me probably pointed out. Hey, TJ Hawkinson is getting a quarterback who loves to throw to tight ends. You should be drafting him, blah, 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 blah. Because I'm pretty sure he went late in most leagues, regardless. He's not one of the top tier guys, and he has become he is a top tier guy. Like I said, I kind of agree with what you're saying about the ranking system there, Gronk. That what we talked about being basically a three-guy race at the beginning of the season, fantasy-wise, has become a five-person thing. And the tight end position has gotten more top end than we thought would be when we mentioned it before the season started. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Kittle, as as we kind of talked about a little bit, he has not like fallen off, but he's not putting up those Kittle type numbers. That's why I bounce him out for Hawkinson after these first two weeks, just because Hawkinson's been a monster. 
monster, monster. Uh, New Orleans going to New England to face the Patriots. Like I mentioned before, starting defenses against these rookie quarterbacks. New Orleans is a great defense. What what was showed on um, on Sunday against Carolina, I think, will come to find out. I had no idea about it till the game was basically halfway through. Finding out that like half the defensive coaching staff had um, COVID positive tests, and there's been a whole issue that's been going on. I had no idea about it. Insane. So I think that was an outlier, and I think if they can get everybody back in house, should be a much better week, and it's going to make it easier going against a rookie quarterback. Yeah, they had I think like a rookie quarterback for the Saints, like running like substitutions and stuff like that. It was just crazy what they were doing uh, last week against the Panthers. But yeah, uh, Jameis, great week one, week two, terrible. But even a week one, like he was just super efficient, not throwing the ball downfield, just, you know, being able to, uh, you know, thrive off the turnovers from that defense. So the vertical threat, we talked about Marquez Callaway in the preseason, how he was just a phenomenal guy. He has not done anything. I mean, right now, there's not really a receiver I trust over there. For uh, New Orleans, you know, Kamara is going to be Kamara. But then after that, it's, you know, it's, it's a question mark, especially after week one where they just spread it all over the place. It's almost like, you know, if everyone gets a, two catches and a touchdown, you get like nine points, but you just don't know where that's coming from. I think Sean Payton is afraid to let fucking James eat them dubs. That's the fucking problem. You got to let you got to let James be James. James could have kept them in that game if he would have just let him let him eat but didn't do it. Um, Jameis is prone to turnovers, and we saw what Zach Wilson did last week against the Patriots. Do you see more of the same this week with the Patriots defense? Mm, yeah, they. I mean, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it, but probably, geez, probably some turnovers. I mean, New England is the number one fantasy defense so far this season, so. At some point, numbers don't lie. Well, I don't know why you made me say that. You know it hurts me inside. Um, Damian Harris, right? Is that the running back from New England? See. Okay, all right. Because I know there's multiple Harrises, and sometimes that mix the names up. Damian Harris, um, he looks like he's been performing pretty well for New England in the backfield, being the standout guy above the rest of them. See that continuing for him in New England? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it kind of in the preview where – Cam Newton left. He was, you know, eating up a lot of those goal line touches, a lot of those rushes. And now with Damon Harris, or with, now with Cam Newton gone, Damon Harris can step in and he can get all those touches because Mac Jones is not going to be running at the five yard line. So, yeah, I agree. You know, Damon Harris, a viable RB2 with us upside. All right. Uh, next game Arizona Cardinals going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. What do you think? What do you think? What do you got? Tyler Murray, popular pick to be kind of the breakout fantasy MVP of the season, and he has lived up to the hype thus far. We got, uh, you know, Nuke over there doing his thing, and now Rondell Moore, rookie uh, wide receiver over there, slightly emerging as the second guy over there. Uh, Popular waiver wire pickup, so maybe if you're trying to, you know, look for some wide receiver depth, definitely go and grab him. I mean, if Hobson goes down, Ronda Moore would step in. He's a different type of guy. He's like five seven, five eight, so he's not you know a big guy like Hopkins is. But uh, I think he's definitely someone to keep an eye out on. And on the Jaguars end, 
Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's looking like a rookie, kind of disappointing. Uh, Carlos Hyde, former Ohio State quarterback with uh, or running back with Urban Meyer, just kind of stealing up so many touches from James Robinson. Pretty infuriating for owners over there. And uh, Mar- Marvin Jones is l- kind of leading the way and the only, I think, receiver you trust right now when it comes to Jacksonville. And he's just kind of one of those guys that gets under he's under the radar, but he just is a solid performer year after year. Uh, yeah. Arizona's defense after the great performance week one kind of slipped up last week uh, playing the Vikings. I think they get it back here against Trevor Lawrence, rookie. Kyler Murray sucks. I was a year early on uh, Kyler Murray for his greatness. He's performing well. And uh, you mentioned Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore and I think Christian Kirk are going to have this – we are dynamic all season where they kind of go back and forth having big games. You know, we know Nuke is going to have the big, he's the guy over there. It's like they have him and they have these little small guys fucking running around him and shit. So I don't know how consistent Rondell Moore is going to be uh, because we, like we said, two weeks ago, week one, we saw Christian Kirk have a huge week. And then, I mean, he's, and he still ended up scoring. I haven't one of my leagues starting. He ended up scoring like nine, this week, which in a flex position, that's perfectly fine with. Not upset about that at all. It, I, that's just going to be such a hard thing to track, I think. I think you're just kind of banking on Kyler to continue to put up these type of numbers, which obviously it's kind of like Dak Lester. He's going to cool off eventually, but in a game like this against a terrible Jaguars defense, I would not be shocked if they put up 30 points again. I straight up agree with you. Uh, we have the football team. Going up to Buffalo to play the Bills. Yeah, I mean, two teams, the Washington defense has just been a struggle this year. We thought they were going to be very good. They have not been that thus far. Um, But Terry McLaurin, he's continued to do his thing. He is like the definition of quarterback proof. It doesn't matter who's back there. He's going to go off for 100 and a touchdown. So, you know, Terry Terry McScorn, Scary Terry, whatever the hell you want to call him, uh, must start. Antonio Gibson, one of those disappointing running backs thus far. But, uh, well, I'm a, I mean, he's sort of disappointing for maybe where you draft him at. But um, still holding on to maybe a guy you can look at to possibly trade if you're trying to get like a solid, solid RB2. I think Antonio Gibson is still one of those guys to not panic on. Agreed. On the, um, on the uh, Buffalo Bills side of the ball, um, do we see jo- Josh Allen hasn't been – fantasy greatness like we thought he would i think he turns it around i think this off i thought last week i mean last week it did happen i'm excuse me he performed well against miami but that was some other circumstances and stuff do we see the same thing continuing for them against this washington team where you think the washington defense figures out and starts to be the team we were we believe to be I mean, I saw last week kind of like a Jameis Winston game to where the defense of the Bills were just all over Miami that, you know, so many turnovers that that's what led to Josh Allen being so great, putting up all those points. But uh, I mean, I said it, I'm not a big fan of what I've seen from the Washington defense thus far. I think more of it continues. I believe Zach Moss and Devin Singletary both found the end zone in the game last year or last week. And it's one of those things where, you know, both of them are kind of even keel. I, I don't trust either one of them to, to start, but you know, someone has to get touches over there and one of them might score a touchdown or two. And it's going to be infuriating if you leave him on your bench. So, but Josh Allen, I think he's, he'll, he'll be fine. I think he's going to put up, but maybe not 
a Josh, quote unquote, Josh Allen game, but he's going to be a solid guy. Awesome. Week. Awesome. Denver Broncos hosted New York Jets, <laughs> another rookie quarterback. So I'll just mention it real quick. Denver's defense, definitely start. Teddy Bridgewater, definitely start. Um, what was the fucking young guy's name that I mentioned last week? Damn it. I knew I should have written it down. Wide receiver two for the Denver Broncos. Jeez, do you have that real quick? Uh, we're not. Are we talking about Cortland Sutton? No, no, no. Cortland Sutton went off. He's great now that Jerry Judy's got. It's the other guy. I think it starts with a T or his last name is a T. Demarius Thomas. No. No, that's a, that's a few years ago. That's not it. I wonder if I wrote. No, I deleted all my notes from Ports and Dogs last week. Tim Patrick. Fuck, man. Tim Patrick. Thank you. Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick found the end zone again. To, uh, one TD each week, so he seems to be at least a red zone target or a target for trade. Teddy Bridgewater and a flex option, and Cortland Sutton with the uh, with uh, Jerry Judy. As long as he's gone, Cortland Sutton, Sutton, wide receiver one. Yeah, I completely agree with you over there. Uh, when it comes to the running backs, kind of still a two headed monster over there with the uh, Gordon Williams. So uh, going up against this, this bad Jets defense. I would see them continuing on. I mean, the, you know, the defense is like, all right. It's not like the Jets defensive past, but uh, I would suspect both of them to uh, get a heavy workload here, especially if that defense, the Bron- the Broncos defense, which I think the Broncos are, are going to be a solid team this year. And I think they're going to be able, they're going to eat against the Jets this week. So um, we talked about Corey Davis last week, not exactly the best, but it was just a terrible game for the Jets overall, maybe a little bit better but I would not be shocked if it's another quiet night for the, the Jets passing game. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna they're going to have a rough time with Denver's defense. Uh, it's rough back-to-back to go in New England defense, Denver defense, one of the two of the best, uh, I would say, top five in the league. It's going to be a rough time for Zach Wilson. Next, we have the Miami Dolphins going to the desert to play the Las Vegas Raiders. Our Raiders, pal. Henry Ruggs goes the fuck off last week. Do we think that continues? Well, it's a uh, it's about damn time, as uh, people once said. But uh, I, I mean, I like Brian Edwards as well. I think he's a, a solid option. And, you know, he had a, a good. I mean, should have won in the end zone against. You the just Ravens keep banging first. that drum, pal. I I, I I mean, you keep banging the Henry Ruggs drum. So right, I guess <laughs> we'll, we'll, one of us hopefully will be right by the end of the season. But no. I, d- I didn't – so I didn't start Henry Ruggs last week. La- I think last week I had mentioned Henry Ruggs, and I said, you know, at this point I like his talent, but he's not showing it. Sit him, you know, until he shows something. And I think even with the showing this week, I still am not prone to start him this coming week now. I'm I'm still going to sit him on the bench. I've got other guys with probably – uh higher floors that I'm looking at. I just can't, I cannot, I cannot have an upsetting game from him. Like week one going into week three, just because he had a big week two. Yeah. You don't want to just, yeah. You just don't want to get caught up on the week to week things. Waller, obviously the one guy over there, Hunter Redfro is a solid slot guy, but he's not going to give you like the big, big numbers, like either Edwards or uh, rugs could. So that's where you're going to stay away from him. But uh, Josh Jacobs questionable, coming into the game i mean Kenyon drake not exactly like the best game against the steelers but it's the steelers going up against the dolphins this week we saw what the bills uh whatever defense did 
or what the Bills rushing attack did to the Dolphins defense last week. Do you see this, whether it is Jacobs, Drake, or both, do you see this being kind of a big week for the running backs for the Raiders? I'm kind of touchy on that. I'm not sure. Uh, with Tua, not sh- we're, we're not sure if Tua is going to come start. So that means it's te- Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, well, no, he'd be playing for the Broncos this week. What's the other guy? He's the same Jacoby, fucking guy. J- Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> I mean, he's the same fucking guy. Uh, Jacoby Brissett starting over there. Uh, or He's the same guy, not as good. Uh, I'm not sure how that offense is going to function. Hopefully they have a game plan with him for, for next week. Um, but if he's turning the ball over more and more, I, which I, which I tend to think if, if, um, Tua doesn't start, they'll be giving the ball to the Raiders too much. And I think that does turn into a, um, a flex option for Kenyon Drake, Drake, um, with Josh Jacobs, not being completely healthy, not quite sure how that's going to work out. And Derek Carr should start. I mean, I think Derek Carr, and I'm going to say it here and I'm going to say it on Friday. If he keeps playing like he did this week, this is the first week in a long time. I really cannot point out any um, anything bad that I saw from his game, except for that he was crying on when he got hurt. He didn't even break anything. But beside the point, he played well. He's fantasy relevant. Should be a starter. Leading a passer right now. So. I will eat crow, and I will I will publicly apologize if Derek Carr keeps playing the way he was. I'll admit that I was wrong. You know, I'm not. I'm I'm a man enough to do that. Are you man enough to have a crow salad, or just just a crow straight up? No, 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 no. please, just the crow, no okay. salad. I don't want to be puking everywhere. Uh, Seattle Seahawks going to Minnesota to play the Vikings in the dome. Jeez, kick us off. Once again, we talked about it last week. Tyler Lockett went absolutely the fuck off, which is one of the reasons why I just got absolutely crushed this week. But um, I, you know, as hit or miss as he's been in the past, I think you got to ride with him as much as you are scared because of the hit and miss aspect, especially against this Vikings defense, which you just saw what Kyler did to them last week. I think you have to start him even if you're scared. But uh, on the uh, Viking side of things, we got, uh, Dalvin Cook, he went down for a little bit, but he did return. If you're looking for a uh, kind of out there waiver pickup, uh, we got the number three guy over there, KJ Osborne. He's, you know, someone if you're kind of looking in a deep league, you're just kind of scrounging around for someone who's been getting targets. And if Thielen or Jefferson goes down, he, he's going to step right up and be a guy over there. And if the Seahawks and Vikings get into another shootout, like what both these teams were in last week, he could pay off for you. Yeah, I mean, as long as Justin Jefferson is uh, not uh, is playing, he's a start. Uh, Dalvin Cook owners, please, 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 if you do not already, you need to try to get Alexander Madison as your handcuff. Um, I had seen I had seen this um, once. Let me look at my draft order. Filibuster for like two seconds. So Dalvin Cook is someone who has had a lot of injury history. Over these last few years, last year was actually a decent, a pretty good season for him. He only missed, I believe, one game, maybe like one and a half games last year. But I agree with Travis. I mean, I almost agree with like with every single major running back you have. You probably grab their handcuff just because it solidifies that one spot. You don't have to freak out. And 
especially if you are having, if they are the top guy there and you're having a great season and they go down, you're probably not going to have the number one waiver pickup and somebody else will snipe them. Travis, what do you got to say? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to look at the draft board because I remembered um, from our fantasy football draft that we did live for Johnny, Johnny Roca's league that um, at one point in the draft, he, he drafted Nick Chubb in the first round. And at one point in the draft, as it was going, as it was going, you know me, big cream hunt guy, big woman beater guy. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you draft but, uh, him as your kicker or as your running back? Uh, I draft him as my running back. I draft him in my kicker in my uh, in my uh, 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 fuck. Nope, can't think of the phrase. Never mind. Um, but as it, it was going down and down, I realized that he won. Kareem Hunt wasn't being picked by anybody. I didn't understand why, because he is just as good as some teams wide receiver or sorry, running back one. Um, and he's great. And uh, like, I, then I noticed that Johnny Roca had not drafted a second, a second. Oh, he had already drafted, but his second running back that he drafted was Saquon Barkley and it was getting late. And I'm me, I'm eyeing it and I'm going, and he, he comes up and he goes, I'm probably going to go another running back here. And I go, well, I know what you're going to pick. There should be one option here for you. And he went with like Leonard Fournette or something like that. I came in. I was like, you made the wrong pick. Like there's one option that you needed to do there. You know, a couple rounds. I, I was literally like three or four picks later. I walk up. I pick Kareem Hunt. I go, that's the pick you should have made. One, he's a flex option for you every week on top of already having um, him and if Nick Chubb goes down, you have your handcuff right there, so you're not basically wasting your number one draft pick. I, I, I just think it's an important reminder for people that handcuffs are important. Yeah, and even if you don't have Dalvin Cook and you want to be an asshole, go out and grab Alexander Madison. He had a not a great showing last year when he was and he showed up, but I think when it comes to handcuffs, it's like Tony Pollard, you know, obviously Kareem Hunt, but he's he's already gone. Alexander Madison, those are guys that need to be drafted. Or Let's talk about up. Tony Pollard when we get to the Monday night game, for sure. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to L.A. They're playing the Rams. This should be a fun offensive explosion with against two pretty good defense. Do you think that levels the playing field, or how do you think that works out? Yeah, this one's a little interesting because, yeah, both offenses are explosive. Both defenses are particularly good, but we've seen thus far, especially with the Buccaneers, like we keep saying they have a good defense, but both times they've a lot of points been put up against them. Yes, Cowboys elite, you know, a lot of garbage time when it comes to the Falcons. Then the the Rams, on the other hand, you know, they're more than what they're similar to what we thought they were going to be. But I, if we got to pick one, I think this will be another shootout, especially with what the Cowboys did to the uh the Buccaneers in week one, I think Sean McVay sees that and he's going to go that route in week three and he's going to spread all over the place. Maybe, you know, they can hit Robert Woods on a few deep balls and we all know Cooper Cup's going to go off for like 130 yards because that's just what he averages now with two touchdowns. So if you have anybody in this game besides the running backs, I think maybe stay away from the running backs a little bit, but uh, wide receivers, pass catchers, Start them all, especially Gronk. Gronk has been just amazing for some reason. Yeah, I think at this point, whoever's got Gronk is starting him. I mean, I think you can drop pretty much all the other tight ends on your team and just hold an extra roster spot for flex options because he he's a guy. He's for, I told you guys last year he would not he would be a guy still. 
Um, and I agree with everything else you're saying. So we'll just move on. Green Bay going to Santa Clara to play the San Francisco 49ers. I just like to mention that every once in a while that they don't even play in San Francisco anymore. Uh, um, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devonta Adams, great games. I think that continues. The 49ers defense, unfortunately, has not played all that great, all that it's hyped up to be. Robert Sala was obviously a big part of that uh, defense that they haven't figured out how to replace. So I think the Green Bay Packers offense with those three guys should be started. Yeah, obviously, uh, Robert Tanyan gets another touchdown on Monday. But once again, he only had three catches on three targets. So he's not getting a lot of action. And, you know, he needs a touchdown to be productive. And if you can maybe package him with someone else to get another tight end, whether that's Gronk or, you know, Mark Andrews or especially TJ Hawkinson. I know maybe people who have TJ will say, like, you know, we're not getting rid of him. But if you can, you know, finagle your way, I would uh, try to get that going. But, uh, over in San Francisco or Santa Clara, uh, the running back situation over there is just kind of all over the place. Everybody's hurt. Uh, Debo has another. Uh, he's a solid week, not what he had in week one, but uh, Brandon Ayuk again struggling. Sorry, well, Travis. Debo almost didn't play. Correct. Debo uh, was slightly hurt. Yeah. So, and, and so yet- th- I think that was I think that was the reason his numbers weren't as big. Um, but yeah, what but. Yeah, we're not starting Brandon Ayuk. This, this is this is really fucking shitty. But you know, I, I man enough to admit, apparently I was fucking wrong. I mean, you weren't the only one that was wrong. I mean, I was kind of hyping you up as well. Some other people were thinking this was going to be the year, and then just my, you know, Kyle Shanahan just doesn't really do anything with him. He kind of, I think it was like during a press conference, he just kind of not like you know buried him or anything like that, but just kind of said you know he wasn't really performing in uh, training camp and stuff like that. You know, we teased it throughout the entire uh, segment here. George Kittle not doing the best. D- is he someone who, you know, big name coming in top three tight end, maybe bumped with uh, Gronk and Hawkinson right now? Is he a guy you, you know, try to trade away or you hold it on to him in hopes that he gets better? No, unfortunately, I covet the tight end position too much to just give a guy like uh, like Kittle away. Um, at this point, like guys on the waiver wire are maybe guys that can score more than him, even on basic weeks. I have to watch a little more gameplay to see what the reason is behind um, the offense not going his way, not going Ayuk's way. I don't really know too much of what they're doing. I'm right now just seeing I'm on red zone a little bit. I'll, I'm going to try and dig in next week especially if they don't have good weeks again and have a little more information for you you guys on what the fucking deal is. Let's say oh, you like Jesus. pair him with like a running back or a receiver to get Hawkinson or Gronk. Would you want to make that trade or you just still hold on to Kittle thinking he's going to figure it out? No. Yeah. For, for guys like that, I, I would, I would make that trade um, depending on also depending on what you're going to get back wide receiver wise what you're giving up you know do your own thing and it, it depends on what you need you know if you if you really need that sure um i don't see guys getting rid of gronk or tj hawkinson with the success they've had mark andrews someone who big name hasn't been particularly great just like kittle kind of in the same boat yeah i mean if you could swing the right uh, no not for mark andrews there's a there's a line right there 
And I think he's the line, and that's the issue right now. You know, the, it's hard to blur. I, I don't know. I don't do trades that much either. I'm having a rough time with, you know, like, I'm not, I'm making one waiver wire ad this week. Like, I don't see a ton of, with, with my drafts, and I'm not trying to fucking toot my own fucking wiener here, but I feel comfortable with my drafts, and I want to see these players over more, get more into the season before I make a decision on dropping anybody. That's how comfortable I am with the guys I picked. I don't know if anybody else is not feeling that way. I, I'm having a, a tough time, like, making that decision to even drop players, waiver wire people. So trade would be crazy to for me to think. Maybe it's just the inner Oakland athletic in me that, you know, anyone is disposable. Anyone can be traded. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Did you have anything else to mention in this game? Uh, you know, no, not really. Two teams that have faced off multiple times in the past few years. So, you know, some familiarity there. And I would not uh, be shocked if it is a uh, higher scoring. Yeah, I wonder what the over is on that game. Sorry. Sorry about the parlay. Hey, yeah, it's OK. It's OK. Whatever I bet is going to I'm going to lose regardless. Anyways, what's going on on Monday night? Monday night, we have the interdivision matchup, the NFC beast, the Philadelphia Eagles are being hosted by the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World. Jerry World, Jerry World, Jerry World. What do you think from this game? Dallas, not great, not super great offensive-wise against the Chargers last week. So, Yeah, interesting matchup, especially with the Eagles, who looked phenomenal against the Falcons. But it's the Falcons. They didn't particularly do like very good against the uh, 49ers, who I, you know, we got a little qualms through defense, but... Uh, you know, I said it, Devontae Smith, big week, week one, wait and see. And then, of course, I asked Tyler. Tyler tells me to start him over T. Higgins. And I listened to Tyler, even though I said the exact opposite on points and doings. But that's neither here nor there. Devontae Smith, uh, I'm still holding out hope that he's going to be a solid uh, thing. But the Cowboys defense, it's been like pretty good this year. I mean, yeah, you know, big week in week one. But holding the Chargers offense to what they did. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of people are expecting us to be a shooter. I wouldn't be shocked if this is similar to that Cowboys Chargers game where both teams are kind of held under 21 points. It's, you know, a lot of ground attack with Zeke and with Zeke, Tony Pollard outrushes Zeke. Both of them find or Zeke finds the end zone. Tony Pollard uh, rushes for over 100 yards. I think Tony Pollard is like maybe the top waiver wire ad of the week just because of his. He's almost like the new Kareem Hunt. He has so much viability on his own. And if Zeke goes down, it is just that much bigger. And the year before Mike McCarthy left uh, Green Bay or was fired, I can't remember exactly what the um, what the situation was. He was doing the same thing with um, Aaron Jones and dude on Detroit now, Jamal Williams. And Jamal legend. Williams. He was doing the same thing where Jamal Williams was getting you know, almost just as much and they're splitting time and doing this double back thing. And yes, it's becoming like what Cleveland is doing. So I think Tony Pollard for sure should be an ad. If anybody has, uh, has the ability to go out and get them on the waiver wire, you know, you should, you should drop a line, try and pull them up, get them on a team. He's great. And I definitely, and I agree with you too, on the other side, like this could be like what we saw last week where the defenses kind of get stingy on each other, especially at being a division game, you know, because I don't think the Eagles defense is all that great, but we know how division matchups work. They, they know each other too well. You know, what do we throw the record books out the window? 
Uh, Jalen Hurts has performed well, and I really like him. I and I'm doing so. Well, I said apology tour for Derek Carr. What was the other one I said? I already forgot. Fuck. What was the other one I said I would apologize for? God damn it. This really fucking stinks. Well, my brain doesn't work. Anyways, the other I'm one. I only remember the ones you get wrong, like Brandon Ayuk, but I know that's not the one you're talking about. The other one is Nick Sirianni, head coach of the Eagles. Seems to be doing pretty well with the team, like a lot better than I thought. He's not all that great, but if the team keeps trending upwards, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go on a Nick Sirianni apology, apology tour. Jalen Hurd looks good, but like you said on the other side, Dallas Cowboys defense looks fucking nasty. Finally, the defense that they've been projecting for years. So um it could be a low scoring affair. I'm not sure. This is a game that I'm I'm uh I'm scared to touch really, besides maybe Dak Prescott and Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And with Amari Cooper questionable Monday night, you know, definitely just keep an eye out to see what he's going through because you don't want to, you know, go through it. And then especially with Michael Gallup out, and I don't even know who like the fourth guy is over there. You don't want to be just throwing yeah. a dart at him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't want to, if he's questionable going into Sunday morning it, it, and you're not sure and you're not like, I would rather just start somebody on Sunday, you know, is going to get points and not worry all day Monday that he's not going to play because if he doesn't play and it puts up a zero and you needed just points there, you're going to be so fucking pissed off at yourself. Oh, and shout out kickers. Shout out Greg, the leg after a, a shaky oh, week one, any kickers. Though. He, uh, you know, had a good week two. you know, kicking, kicking the game winner. And if we go on the trend, we're going, this could be a defensive matchup to where the Cowboys offense moves the ball, but can't get in the end zone. Look for some points. Maybe Greg the Lake wins your week on Monday. It took all the way to Monday night, but we got to kickers. I, 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 I kind of won it today. That's why I didn't have like any cool stats for you. Um, so, um, that's why I don't have any kicker information to you. Got to give I, the people what they want, and I mean, I know. People, usually, I mean, when I, usually when I do my research, I can put in a little bit of facts about kickers here and there, but I just completely blanked out, and you know. It is what it is. I'm glad. I'm just glad that you're here with me doing this this week. I'm glad that I decided to cancel my uh, my update so the audio turned out better after we realized how fucked up it was going to be. I'm just I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be one and one in both fantasy leagues. Jeez, I'm not exactly as happy to be one and one in my fantasy league, but you know, I'm happy. What a time to be alive and all those other cliches and stuff like that. So, um, are you just going to find a spot to enter J-Row here? Sure, I guess at this point, this is where we put in J-Row. All right. All right, it's time for one of our new favorite segments here. It is Commissioner's Corner, I guess. I keep changing the name every week, but, you know, we're here with J-Row. J-Row, what's going on, pal? What up, what up? How you doing, everybody? Real quick, why don't you run down how you did this week in fantasy? Two and two, uh, gonna be three and one, but uh, John killed. Oh man, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just perfect. I lost everything he said. You want to run that back real quick? Sure. So just go ahead and just tell me how your fantasy went. Uh, this week I went two and two, um, be three and one. But unfortunately, Aaron Jones happened to me, man. I was a victim of Aaron Jones this uh, this Monday night. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Ty Gundy fell victim to Aaron Jones, too, in um, our CTE league that you used to be in because I was playing him, <laughs> and I have Aaron Jones, so he, he fell victim to that. That sucks. Well, good for those who have Aaron Jones, man. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's get into it. I got this question for you for uh, the commissioner's note here. Uh, have you ever done or thought about doing a dynasty league? And uh, what do you prefer either way and why? I have not tried a dynasty league yet. I'm very interested in doing it. Need a very solid and super committed group. Um, we obviously going to keep uh, players, uh, if not all, majority of them year to year. And you're drafting rookies every year. Um, I, I mean, it would be fun to do. However, to me, looking on it, looking in from the outside, it looks to me a little boring because I like the opportunity to own a different popular player every year. I didn't be like years to get on my team. And it's kind of the fun, the whole, uh, you know, shaking the dice and, and the whole draft lottery and everything. So, but no, I have not tried it. I would, uh, that'd be kind of cool if we heard from someone who actually won and see how it works for them. But I personally have not. Well, if anybody's played in a dynasty league, let us know what that's like. I, I figured I had the same kind of opinion as you when I, you know, was writing the question and thinking about, you know, what that would be like. And it's just, just kind of like the opportunity from week to week to change out players and being more afraid to drop somebody. And, you know, because what if they go off next year? What if, you know, this and that? And it, it's a whole gambit. It's a lot more. But I'm sure and into yeah. getting the same guys every year to recommit and be in is probably not an easy thing to do. It can't be in there. And like you said, it's a commitment. I don't know if I want to commit. I want to be a fantasy whore and have different players every year. You know, I want to change it up. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. All right. Well, that was a great answer. Uh, like always, uh, why don't you give us uh, your stardom and sit for this week? All right. A couple of stardom and one sit uh I started him this week, uh, quarterback Sam Darnold. Um, he's been he's been great, man. Um, he hasn't even got started yet. He's becoming familiar with that offense, playing Houston this week. Um, I say go ahead. If you have Sam Darnold on your team and you don't have anyone better, go ahead and start him. Uh, also, this is going to be the week to go ahead and start Saquon Barkley. He's going to have a heavier workload against Atlanta this week. Uh, don't be afraid to start him. I'm definitely taking him off my bench and starting him in a couple of my leagues. And then finally, uh, Kyle Pitts, lower projection, uh, as you may see, but New York, they're going to play, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are playing the New York Giants, and that defense is giving up 20 points per game to opposing tight ends. So uh, 20 points, uh, fantasy points, that is. So I would definitely start uh, start him this week, unless, of course, you have a better tight end. Uh, as far as sit him, please, please, please do not start any Texans players. That means Ingram, Amendola, Conley, Cooks, or anybody else. Uh, they're playing a Carolina defense, and that's the only reason why I bring it up because they're gi- um, they're giving up ten points a game in real life football. Um, Forty six rushing yards, I believe, with over one hundred and forty passing yards. Well, only one hundred ninety yards a game, so uh, they are very underrated defense. I think they're actually ranked number two in fantasy right now. New Going England's NFL, first. Sure to- New England is first for these defenses, man. So do not start any Texans players against that Carolina defense this week. Awesome. I love that. Uh, the Sam Darnold take. I, I love it. The Carolina team is is surprisingly... I mean, I was on the bandwagon. Talked about them before. They're surprisingly better I than I thought. <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, man, Carolina. Fun, fun team. They're 2-0 this uh, so far. 
I love that the the Matt Rule take that I had is gonna come back and be nice to have in my pocket for when people talk shit about it. Well, I don't know sports, so that's always great. Right? I mean, hey, we uh, we do all this research for a reason, and and as long as Sam Darnold doesn't get mono, this the only thing that's gonna from, from from dominating in fantasy this year. Let me tell you. <laughs> right on, J. Row. Well, thanks again for coming on doing this segment this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you always for having me, everybody. Good luck this week, and we'll see you on that fantasy gridiron. And then we're All right, done. well, uh, oh, yeah, okay. we're back. Well, okay. Well, I don't think we have anything else to say. You, you got anything else to say to the people out there? Nope. Just everyone, you know, stay safe, have fun. Curveballs and share shots is back. I think on Friday, maybe trapped or to hell. Maybe if Tyler, you know, comes home on a decent hour, maybe you guys can do the podcast. Who knows? Hopefully he doesn't cancel that week. Well, if, if Tyler, I don't want to do it myself, but I fucking will, you know, I know, everybody, I know everybody loves just hearing me talk for two hours. I remember I did I did one episode by myself. It was a that was a strange thing to do. You ever you ever do a, any podcast by yourself? Well, you know, if you guys listen to the Bullet Cast, used to do Under the Radar every Tuesday. Don't do that anymore. It was uh, you know, fun times. Did uh, one curveballs and half a curveballs and chair shots once because Dominic got called in by the studio audience uh, one time. So, yeah. I understand what you go through, Travis. Not the biggest fan of myself. To entertain, it's hard. I can, I can go, and it, it's definitely a great brain exercise. But I, I, I need a little bit of bounce back, a little bit, little bounce off, a little trampoline to work with. So, um, appreciate you, everybody listening out there. Have a great week three in fantasy.